Bonjour, hola, and once again, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Jacob Dupree, a.k.a. JD, a.k.a. The Commissioner, a.k.a. Dynasty Daddy. I'm still trying to force that one, even though it feels weird. It sounds even weirder that I said that. Anyways, accompanied by my always very, quote-unquote, special friend, Chance. I see facial hair. You're not 12 anymore. Now you're like 14. No, I'm growing up quickly. <laughs> I wanted to expand on this dynasty, Daddy. Where did this come from? I don't know, man. Listen, don't ask questions you want answers to, okay? If, if somebody called you that, I want you to secretly DM me and let me know who did it so I can make fun send, of them forever. Send you a message like, this person <laughs> called me their dynasty, Daddy. It was me. It was him. Surprise, everybody. <laughs> uh, but no, welcome into another episode. Uh, we had week two happen. Or no, week one. Yeah, no, week two. Wow, we're on week three? Almost a quarter of the season. Oh, my gosh. It seems like you wait so long for football, and then you blink, and you're already a quarter of the way through. Yeah. I don't I don't like it. Uh, speaking of things that uh, we don't like, Chance, <laughs> your boy, uh, Trey Lance, I know we talked about this on Tuesday, but I wanted to give you special time to talk about it. He fractured his ankle. Um, once again, obviously, we wish nothing but the best success, but – just flatlining it. How does this make you feel as a Trey Lance dynasty manager? Now, I've got conflicting feelings about it. The obvious is that um, I'm obviously upset about it. As somebody that has a lot of Trey Lance, Trey Lance investment, excuse me, in half my leagues, and we've had a lot of discussion on him, mm-hmm. made a bet on him. That's sad. <laughs> uh, but there's a little bit of relief uh, because as somebody that's followed the 49ers and followed Trey Lance, the discourse surrounding him has been so, I don't know if toxic is the right word. It's just, it's just been really exhausting because yeah, it's two ends of the spectrum. Either Trey Lance is the worst quarterback ever or he's the best quarterback in the making. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between and both sides just go to town on each other. Yeah, And so there's a bit of relief from that standpoint of we don't have to hear about it. I don't <laughs> have to hear about it. Nobody has to hear about it for the rest of the year. There's no Jimmy Garoppolo talk. There's no Trey Lance getting bit. There's nothing. So that part is actually somewhat nice. But as far as the future and what this means, I think the best way I I saw it earlier is I think in Dynasty, this really turns him into kind of a lottery ticket Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of his floor is coming down because we don't know what this does to the 49ers. And honestly, it may put them in a more interesting situation next year because Jimmy G's got this one year. Mm-hmm. Let's say things go great. Let's say he passes his best year ever. He performs well. Dre Lance has still got – this next year will be his third year of a four-year contract with a fifth-year team option, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I don't know his exact cap hit, but being a high first-round pick, I got to imagine it's, it's pretty decent. It's more than Jimmy's making this year. I'll take a peek, Ski. So he's not going anywhere. And – it's hard to believe that even if Jimmy does fantastic, that the 49ers are going to tie salary into two quarterbacks that's going to be immense. Because this is the way this goes. If Jimmy performs that well, he's going to have suitors from other teams mm-hmm. and he's got options. So the 49ers would then have to, you know, raise this number up. You know, you would say higher than they want to to beat yeah. other teams up for his services. And then you really get into a conundrum. If you thought the money tie-in for both Lance and Garoppolo was high this past year, <laughs> it would get even higher next year. Hold so, your horses. I don't really know what to think. Obviously, we know how I feel about the talent. But getting back yeah. to what I initially said, 
he, he drops down dynasty rankings. He falls behind it to uh, that, you know, that sort of group. He probably um, drops down to like what, like 15 to 20, depending on your perspective. 15 to, 15 to 18 is kind yeah. of his range. So I think if you're a dynasty manager that's in a rebuild, like me, somebody that knows that you're not going anywhere fast, he's a great guy to go acquire. Mm. Because you say, hey, I'm already in the tank. I'm rebuilding. Let me take a flyer on a guy that could have some very high upside. And if he doesn't hit, then oh, well. I have to pay a whole lot for him. Yeah. Assuming so. Um, and that's where I'm at. So that's kind of the where I'd make the move. Redraft is obvious. He's out for the year. But dynasty is is check his price. If you're a rebuilding team, see if you can get him. And just see if it works out because mm-hmm. he either lives up to his potential, gets some more time, and ends up being the quarterback that some people think he can be. And if the floor is as low as it looks like it could be with his injury and falling another year behind, then you didn't have to pay a whole lot to get him. So I think it makes life a little bit easier now. Yeah, I mean, like, what's a back-end second-round pick or, like, <clears throat> what's this random 2024 second-round pick to a guy who, even as someone who's not the necessarily the biggest believer, who could be a top-five quarterback in the NFL? Like, I'll readily admit it. Um, just like you said, the kind of the floor, I think it's a little bit lower. Um, just for kicks and giggles, I looked it up on spot track, his contract. Um, next year he is a uh, dead cap is $20 million. That's the whole thing is, yep. is he's got it both ways. I, trade is highly unlikely, but let, let's say they do bring Garoppolo back. They find a shooter in theory. He goes to another organization he gets a fresh start, gets an opportunity. That's good for Trey Lance. I find I find it hard to believe they're going to be mm-hmm. in a scenario where they can pay both quarterbacks because Garoppolo is yeah. going to if he's going to demand starter money. They want to keep him. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. And that team, despite the fact that the Niners are a ready win team now, which is part of the Garoppolo discussion all along, mm-hmm. they do have weaknesses. That offensive line is not yeah. good, save yeah. for Trent Williams. So that they could use that money elsewhere to try and sure this team up specifically that old line. So. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah, and something else I'll just loosely bring up. Um, him and, like, Dak Prescott had a very similar injury whenever he broke his ankle against the Giants. Was it two years ago? Yeah, it was about two years and, ago. And uh, I think he had a, a quote come out at some point. Like, it's one of those, like, in-the-weeds quotes that just gets missed. It's like, it's been two years, but he still can't wear certain types of cleats because his foot will not allow it because of whether it be swelling, comfort, or, like, the laces are too tight. Like, his foot just still isn't 100%, and he's two years post. Um, the injury happening, recovery, and all that fun stuff. And so if we put that for Trey Lance, in two years, he's in the last year of his rookie contract. And like if and his biggest thing was his mobility was his biggest attribute as a fantasy player and even as an NFL player, does that kind of change? Because even with Dak, like, yeah, he can be mobile, but he was mostly a passing quarterback. With Trey Lance, it was he is mobile, but he can throw the ball. Well, it certainly does from a fantasy perspective because that was going to be his main draw all along yeah. was that he had his legs. Now, he could have turned into, a, you know, more of a pocket passer, mm-hmm. you know, reinvent himself. That's all obviously a possibility, but – That's all out there in the ether that we can't determine. We see, right we see this We see this more and more now that that if you want to be a top five guy, you almost have to have mobility yeah. unless you're Justin Herbert. Um, <laughs> and so that makes it difficult for someone like him. And the thing that my mind goes to is he's going into this third year of his contract and he essentially has 17 regular season games to prove himself mm-hmm. that the four and a half should pick up his fifth year option. Um, Cause I believe they have to make that decision before the fourth year. Yeah. Um, so that's what sucks. This is worst case scenario from the standpoint of say he got benched by Garoppolo or they would have decided to go with Garoppolo all along. He, he at least could have gotten reps in practice. He could have continued to refine his craft. Now he can't do anything yeah. for, I don't know the diagnosis, 10 months. At least. It, I mean, it's, it's a fractured, it was a dislocated fractured ankle with complicated with a dislocation. 
So, I mean, if you watch the video when the play happened, like you see it visibly happen on the field. It looks gnarly. As a medical person, I thought it looked kind of interesting. Obviously, hope he gets feeling better. But, I mean, I guess the thing that we can hope is that whenever he can be on his feet but he can't necessarily run, that he is practicing those throwing mechanics, just the stand, plant, throw, just stuff like that, to where whenever he does come back, that he can have that as a different um, aspect to his game. Um, anything else on him kind of widen down with it? Get off the hook on your trade. A week, two weeks in, <laughs> or say trade, sorry, excuse me, our bet, which is Woo! unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so now the only thing I have to play for is for Miles Sanders to not, not work out. Listen, Miles Sanders is currently the number 12 running back in fantasy land and half PPR scoring, okay? Living the dream uh, well, over I here. I looked it up today, don't you worry. <laughs> Every week it's going to be the, hey, so I see Miles Sanders as the running, <laughs> running back 13. And you should imagine me as like the weather forecaster, but instead of like Stormwatch, it's it's Sanders Watch. Sanders Watch. <laughs> Uh, with some other fantasy pertinent NFL injury news, um, Dalton Schultz, um, I think Jerry Jones, and so take this with a giant grain of salt, Jerry Jones said that Dalton Schultz could only miss one week with his injury, but Jerry Jones also says Dak Prescott will be back significantly sooner than timetables, so I mean, kind of take that with a grain of salt right. for what it is. Well, and I had seen, I, I, I thought I'd seen this while watching it and also hearing it, that he, I thought I'd heard that he'd actually come back in he came back for, for a couple plays after the injury. When he saw that adrenaline so, going. Yeah, so you mean, obviously there's – people have come back in with worse mm-hmm. injuries before, but the general thought is if you can come back in, it must not be that serious. Yeah, so it's like in it's the realm of okay. Get back to it. Yeah, uh, Michael Pittman, um, Frank Reich said he's making good progress. Uh, he could play week three against the Chiefs. If he plays, you're starting him, right? Like just no question. If he's on the field, Pittman's oh, in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, we saw what happened last week. Without him, so was not pretty. Um, let's see here. Anything else that pops into my head? Not really, other than um, I think Chris Godwin didn't miss practice today. Julio Jones, I think he got in limited practice. Um, but one of the replacements, offensive lineman for Tom Brady, Josh Wells, he um, I think I saw something earlier where they've had another offensive lineman go to the IR. I'm trying to quickly find it, but um, Jantz, like we obviously have to adjust expectations for. Tom Brady and what I want to call the geriatric bowl whenever it's the Buccaneers versus the Packers. Like who, like what's some redraft quarterbacks you'd start over Tom Brady that you wouldn't think like I've heard Carson Wentz is a popular name to even oh, with this tough matchup. Um, just kind of people like that. With, with the injuries that they have, I, I think I heard this stat, which is unique that I think the, over, the, the point total for the Packers Bucks game is at like 42 last time I took a peek at it. For reference, that is the lowest total points for a game for Aaron Rodgers since 2014, I believe is a stat. That's by far the lowest since Tom Brady became a Buccaneer. So Vegas doesn't expect to be a lot of points because there's no wide receivers in these games. To me, that's the more significant part of this is is we know Chris Godwin's hurt. We know Julio perpetually injured these last couple of years. And then um, Mike Evans, obviously, with the suspension. So until he gets his full allotment of weapons back, I think he's – Hands off. Fringe top top fifteen at best this mm-hmm. week. Going back to your answer, your question, excuse me. Carson Wentz is a guy that's obviously going to be over him. Um, Tua, obviously, uh, <laughs> moving up from last week. Um, but uh, yeah, he's going to be in that a twenty that twenty range. So I mean, there's going to be a ton of guys that you can start over top of him. Now, once he comes back, I think you and I may have different opinions about this. I mm-hmm. think if he gets full allotment, let's say Chris Godwin gets healthy. Oh, he gets weeks. his cannons back. Homeboy's like back to like a top six quarterback. 
a top seven ish. So I think there's perspective to be had here as somebody that at Trey Lance and lost him at two quarterback lead. Tom Brady, somebody that I went out and already have tr- mm-hmm. tried to acquire. Um, so in those type of circumstances, it's a good guy to go after if maybe somebody's panicking. All right. So I got some questions for you. Just, just real quick, run the middle, just saying because it's kind of like a shock factor almost. Um, so would you rather start Tom Brady or um, Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, I, I, I know it's down a lot. But you just got, you've got to think that offense has got to get off the ground here shortly. He's, he's got one I, game left before I'm really concerned. Um, Tom Brady or we'll say Justin Fields. He's playing Houston this week. I know he's only had like 20-something pass attempts all year. Is, would, are you that thirsty for it? No, I'd probably still take Brady just because the floor is better. And so for that reason, I'll go Brady. Two more quick ones. Brady or um, Trevor Lawrence? Lawrence. Brady or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones can get a few points every once in a while. I don't want, I don't really, frankly, I don't want anybody to playing this Cowboys defense right now. I mean, two quarterbacks and they've had good results on both so far. Yeah, as long as Micah Parsons keep playing out of his freaking mind and Cincinnati decides not to block him. There you go. I mean, he's that. Did you see that one play that he just did not block him? <laughs> Literally, it was right after Tony Romo was like, "Yeah, they need to make sure they block Micah Parsons. They had one or two guys on him every time." Snap the right tackle and the right and the right guard literally tried to block down on the defensive tackle. And I'm sure Micah Parsons is like, "Oh, this this is this happening? Cool." <laughs> I think I saw the the statistic that across the league over the course of two games, he owns the two best quarterback pressure percentages total. So that means uh, 16 games, so 32 games total. Think of how many pass rushes you have over 32 games. He has the best two games of everybody. And it frankly Man. wasn't close. It was like 54% in one and 58%. It was it was crazy. All we can what say is, doing right now? yeah, the, the guy is 100% a stud. Um, speaking stay of healthy. 100% studs, yeah, stay healthy. 100% studs who are acting like duds. Gents, I ha- I'm going to have a couple of players for you here. And I'm going to ask you a question. If you're going to be patient with them or if you're starting to panic with them, all right? So we'll kind of start off with, you know, like an easy bit of a lob here. Derrick Henry, um, in his past couple games, I mean, what was it? 21 carries for 80-something yards week one. Week two, he got salvaged by touchdown. Um, are you panicking or are you being patient? Because – yeah, he played the Bills, but week one was against the Giants. And, like, this offensive line just lost Taylor one. It just hasn't looked good in general. Are you freaking out, or are you just steadying the course? I think it's relative to what you're expecting. So, I, I mean, remember, he was like a, he was a t- first-round pick. Some people draft him a 103 and redraft. And that's my point, is I feel confident saying with how this Tennessee offense looks – the lack of weapons, and in theory, defense's opportunity to stack the box, uh, which isn't necessarily new to Derrick Henry, but it does appear that maybe he has lost a step this year. I think that's mm-hmm. that's fair to say. Um, that you can at least have that opinion. So I would be panicking because if you draft him that high, you're not going to sit him. I wouldn't. I think he can certainly still be a, a low-end RB1, maybe mid if everything goes great. I don't think by any means you're going to get the draft value back that you, you invested in him. I think that's fair to say. But I think there are good weeks to come uh, 
And Buffalo, we know how difficult that can be (laughs) of a defense that they're shaping up to be in Buffalo. And the Giants still ran for over 80 Undefeated New York Giants. Undefeated. Uh, Little man. Uh, (laughs) 80 yards. So we expect he's going to be a touchdown hog. He is their only option once they get down there. So I think there are still touchdowns to be had. So be patient with him. And just be realistic with your expectations because he's probably not the guy you draft him to be, but he can still be very valuable. Um, do you think he gets back on track against the Raiders this upcoming week? I mean, the Raiders have been kind of squishy up the middle, but then again, like they haven't really played a real running back. And Derrick Henry is like a man so and a half. For, right. I would think so because from what we know, they don't have the best run defense. And if I and the Titans, knowing they've got to have a win – They've got to come to the drawing board and say, "Hey, we just we have to be able to run the fall effectively to get this done." What you do is you line up in jumbo package, you split Traylon out to the side, and you say, "Guess what we're doing? Running the ball straight up the middle." Here comes Derrick Henry. Have uh, you put you put Derrick Henry in the wildcat? Oh my god! Motion Traylon every time, but it's essentially just a read option. This is the Miami <laughs> Dolphins from like the 2008 season. Uh, next, we'll bump to a guy who's finishing. Currently just above him at running back 28. Derrick Henry is currently running back 29. Um, Dalvin Cook is RB 28 right now. Uh, the Vikings got absolutely manhandled by the Philadelphia Eagles um, the other night, and Dalvin walked away with a whopping six carries for 17 yards. He had four receptions, but for 19 yards. Are you panicking or are you being patient with a guy who, once again, you drafted in the top half of the first round of redraft in a dynasty? I mean, these two guys have been rock solid for the past three, four years. I think there's two parts to this. The first is I don't think it's time to panic. I think uh, Dalvin's going to be a high-end fantasy producer rest of this year. Now, with that said, I do believe there are some guys that were drafted behind him that I would take over him, being your DeAndre Swifts, your Saquons, your Aaron Jones. I would begin to feel comfortable thinking those are better bets. But with that said, um, I think – Against the Eagles, the Vikings as a whole seems kind of fluky. I mean, the, the second half was obviously better than the first once they finally got a chance to get in the locker room and kind of reevaluate. Um, and primetime Kirk, primetime Kirk comes back to the forefront to win the Vikings again. He almost threw um, away a game for me. But that game got out of hand so quickly, they practically abandoned the run. And Devin's statistics show that. So, really fluke game in that standpoint. I don't think there's many times the Vikings will. Many believe, myself included, our potential Super Bowl, you know, team mm-hmm. with the roster they have. Um, that's somebody that if you want to float a trade out there and redraft and just see if somebody's panicking, that's one I would do because I wouldn't panic at all concerning him. Uh, would you back to Derrick Henry? Would you float a trade for Derrick Henry right now, or is that more of a I have to see it first moment? Because I know for me uh, with Dalvin, I we've seen games like this. Like it happens, like you said, crap happens with Derrick well, Henry. I feel like just kind of how he gets used, like Dalvin Cook's four receptions in a half PPR league is more than what Derrick Henry will get you on his three point, like five yards carry. Well, that's the difficult part of this is traditionally because Derrick Henry doesn't, doesn't, you know, get catches. He has to live off of touchdowns and a lot of rushing yards. I think the rushing yards are going to still be there, but traditionally, if you're going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns, you need to be a good team and good teams get the red zone to score touchdowns. The Titans, while they've been that in the last few years, they are looking like a team that's not going to be up to that. So I don't think he's going to get the touchdown totals. At least Dalvin's floor seems to be better. So I think I may want it the other way around. Uh, Quick question. In a redraft, would you trade Derrick Henry for 
Oh, we'll say Derek Henry for Leonard Fournette, straight up. No, I think I'd still keep Derek Henry just because I think his high end is just a little bit higher, but they're not too far apart at this point. Derek Henry or Javante Williams? Is Melvin Gordon there? If Melvin, Melvin Gordon goes away, Melvin Gordon out, still shows up. Since Melvin Gordon's there, it's tough. I think I still got to go with Derek. And once again, it's no fault to Javante, but as long as Melvin's there and healthy, he his upside is is severely capped. Now his floor is fantastic, but there's mm-hmm. just there's only so much you can do with a total of about 15 touches. Yeah, I, I would I would be out for Derek Henry. Like if someone sent me Javante Williams, Derek, Derek Henry straight up, I'm like, you know what? Javante is showing me something. I'm here for it. Um, I'd probably do the same for even Alvin Kamara. I'm not an Alvin Kamara fan, but I can still see it happening more so with that. Um, we'll go. We'll do one more running back here real quick. Uh, Najee Harris. Art thou concerned with Najee Harris? Because I have to keep scrolling to find Najee on this list here. Um, we know that week one wasn't great. Offensive line is kind of still in shambles. Mitch Trubisky looks like Mitch Trubisky. No, Najee's RB22 right now, and he was a first-round draft pick and rookie. Um, I want to phrase this one with more of a dynasty aspect. Are, do you have these subtle concerns if you are a non-competing dynasty roster with Najee Harris on it? Because, I mean, we know that last season he made his hay with how many receptions was it? 74 receptions on 94 targets. This year, I mean, 18 in one game or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had like 14, 14 against the freaking Bengals, I think. Targets. Yeah. Um, and plus, we saw him kind of already have deal with that little bit of a list frank issue so far, which he says doesn't hamper him, but he looked like he was limping pretty hard a couple times and he looked slow. But um, it's, diff- it's difficult because we're seeing a lot of what we saw last year um, with not quite as much production. I believe I heard the stat that he's 34th in yards. Before contact, which mm-hmm. essentially means he's getting hit immediately. But more, also more concerning, he was he's like he's thirty sixth on yards after contact, so it, it means he's not breaking a lot of tackles. So injury could be could play a part in that. And to your point, how long is that going to linger? Because he may say that it's a non issue, but you know players say that all the time. So mm-hmm. I think like Derrick Henry, it's somebody that you're going to have to reevaluate your expectations. That he's probably not going to return value. Now the thing going for him is that he has. No competition, and he has everything you could ever want. He's How got dare you spare the name of Jalen Warren? <laughs> <laughs> He's got all the goal line work. He's got several opportunities to get uh, pass catches, and he's going to rush between the 20s. So he's got all the work, which is great because I hmm. think he will return, I would say, good value based on the fact that he's just going to get so many touches like last year that he's going to at least still end up being in that fringe RB1, high-end RB2 range no matter what, which is great. But to your point about Dynasty, I don't know what to think about it because he's got a, as great a setup as anybody from the standpoint of, of he's a workhorse, which there are not there are very few of those around anymore. But the problem is, until that offensive line gets better, which does not seem to be happening anytime soon, and until they get this quarterback situation figured out that allows them to stretch the ball downfield and open this offense up, I think he's kind of stuck where he's at. And those are questions that we're not going to get answered until – you know, next off season, maybe the one after that. And we already know that he's an older running back. So and by then the he's 26. <laughs> so that's where it gets difficult. Uh, so keep trade cut currently has Najee Harris as the running back six. Um, now I'll just bring one flat question for you. Would you trade Najee Harris for Saquon Barkley right now? We've seen Saquon. Dynasty? Yeah. Dynasty. Oh, 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 I'm so, I'm actually glad you brought this up because I hope he's listening. Uh, see, I thought I could get this done. 
we know we know how much of a Steelers fan C. Bruce is. I offered him that trade. I offered him my Najee for his Saquon, and he denied it, uh, which kind of bummed me out. But um, if I'm a team that wants to, if if in redraft, it's no question it's Saquon. Oh Dynasty, yeah, redraft is fine. Yes, that's ready to win now. It's Saquon. If I'm a team that's that's rebuilding or any measure of trying to accumulate younger talent, I think it still falls on the Najee side because he is still what two he, years younger. One year younger. Saquon's only 25 one, as opposed to Najee. One Najee's year younger, 25. and yeah, he hadn't had as many as many big injuries as Saquon has. So I, it's close, but I think I still take Najee in that context. I mean. Because with those two running backs in particular, they're both in kind of gross situations. You don't really want either of them. Even yeah. me, like I would probably lean Najee just because I trust the organization more. But the thing that complicates everything, like you said, is he's already 24 and this is only a second year in the league. Well, running backs typically say, hit their cliff at like, what, 26? 26, 27. So what I will say is just from just from the eye test, it seems that Saquon – appears to have his burst back. He's getting more catches than he ever has in his career. That part is enticing. Najee, not, the part of this may not be his fault because since he's been here, he has not had the opportunity behind even an average offensive line to see what he can do. He prays for an average offensive line. Right. So maybe we get that opportunity. But my thought has always been that Najee is very talented. The offensive line is just so bad he didn't get the opportunity to show it. Whereas Saquon, now their offensive line is better, not great, but it's better. He's showing the burst. He's kind of going back to showing us whatever what he was whenever he was drafted back in 2018. So, in redraft, I don't think it's close. Here's one more trade question involving Najee. Just because he's a guy who has – he's very polarizing. Like, I've kind of been out since the offseason. I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of a fluke. But I can be proven wrong, and I'm okay with that. Last trade scenario, would you rather take a trade of Najee Harris for A.J. Dillon in a 2023 second? Just kind of in a nutshell. Without being able to look it over uh, in depth, I would say, yeah, yeah, I probably would. I like A.J. Dillon a lot. To me, he's he's fringe top 10 running back. I would assume Keep Trades got him in that same space. A.J. Dillon has number 12. Yeah, so I would probably have about 11 or 10. Najee's probably my – would be like my 7, my 6, 7, somewhere in that range. He's number so six. I think the second round pick would make up the difference. You know what's funny? Uh, AJ Dillon is two months younger than Najee Harris. Yeah, but I feel confident in saying that he's got less run on those legs than Najee's, at least in his NFL career. That that's a valid point. I would probably take the AJ Dillon side. But anyways, um, that's like the only kind of real situation that's there. That's at the top end. We'll flip over to the wide receivers now. Selfishly asking for a friend who is me. I am my own friend, DJ Moore. What do you do? Because through two games, he's got lucky with uh, a kind of touchdown in week two, and in week one, it was three catches for 40 yards. Um, what do you do? And we'll kind of pick up the pace here because I got a couple. I got a, two more that's kind of spicy to talk about. I really don't know because this whole the situation just doesn't quite meet the smoke test for me from the standpoint of Panthers have lost two games, so your record is what you say you are. You're 0-2. But from a statistical standpoint, what we've been able to see, Baker is better than Sam Darnold. I don't think that's a question. Yeah. I think it, I think they are a better team with him. The problem, and I believe I even um, – I, I couldn't give you an exact quote, but I do remember hearing this, that Matt Rule was making it a point saying, hey, we are, we are telling Baker and making sure we want him to spread the ball around as evenly as possible, which is not a bad idea to do. 
But whenever you have a receiving core like the Panthers, when it's so clear to everybody in the room that DJ Moore is by far the best receiver and he should be a target hog, they should be looking for opportunities to get in the ball. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense why they're not. Now, that's reality. We mm-hmm. have to live in reality and understand that they may not be changing. The problem I have is they've played two weeks, and in both weeks, they are 32nd in the league in mm-hmm. plays. full snaps. Way, yeah. way down. Thinking and, two games, they have 100 total plays as opposed to the average is like 125, 130. Right, right. So if they just get even remotely close to average, you're looking at 20%. 15 percent 20 percent total more volume for everybody and so you would think that's got that's going to favor dj more that they're just not playing enough snaps to even get people and this isn't just dj more problem this is a Carolina Panther every problem, problem. Yeah. everybody in the offense is just not they don't have the ball and so my hope is that in belief is that he will be better than what he's shown he's going to be that wide receiver for that he's coming was uh was looking <laughs> for probably not hey you but watch your mouth i would give this a couple more weeks probably two and if the Panthers continue this trend and they continue the slow pace of, of pace of play, then maybe you got to punt it. But I would still value him as a low-end wide receiver one until this is confirmed. If they continue this trend, Matt Rule will be coaching Nebraska, like Taylor would say, in the, in the upcoming uh, weeks. Because I think this is a Matt Rule issue. I don't think it's anyone else but him. Because if he's saying we need to spread the ball away from our best obvious wide receiver on the outside – that's a coaching issue, and that's an intellectual football just problem. Um, I agree, though. You give them a couple more weeks, and it just kind of depends on your team situation. If you get an offer you like, <clears throat> do whatever you want. Like for me, my OG roster is kind of in the state of I can kind of push the chips in or I can go for a rebuild. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm hanging on for a couple more weeks, possibly to see what happens. Um, another wide receiver that I want to bring up is, um, once again, just next door neighbor, whenever actually it's not. Sorry, he's a couple blocks down. Um, where'd he go? Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Moore, not the running back. Elijah Moore. Currently, he's the wide receiver 60 on the Jets. Two games and a half point PPR. He has 7.4 and five points. So he's got 12 points through two games. And whenever it comes down to the targets, he has 12 total targets through two games. Garrett Wilson had 14 and one. What do you do with Elijah Moore, especially in Dynasty? Because I feel like in redraft, you just hold, you wait, you see what happens. But in Dynasty, when values fluctuate so drastically, what's your kind of read on the situation? Well, I'll give you my perspective. I think he's the wide receiver two in this offense or will be in, in, in soon order. The reason for that is my belief to go into this season that Garrett Wilson was better than Elijah Moore. If anything else, the draft pedigree says that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Joe Flacco, clearly – that is his number one target now. Zach Wilson's going to come back. That makes me nervous as a Garrett I Wilson. He, I hope he doesn't. I hope, he wins, happen. hope he wins the lottery and just stays away. He gets. He let's finds play, all the moms. Right. <laughs> let's play this out. Let's say Elijah Moore really is the second best wide receiver in this offense. This is a bad offense. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be the number two in a bad offense. And while we continue to see and believe the Jets are making good Good, good drafts and stuff until they get this quarterback situation figured out and they get an elite talent. And maybe they go out and they punt on Zach Wilson and they get a CJ Stroud. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> somebody that can get this offense going. The talent, the tools are there. I think the ceiling goes up much higher. But until that changes, I'm nervous about Elijah Moore. I see him more as a wide receiver three. 
Because if you're going to be the two in a crappy offense, your ceiling is capped severely. And this is the reason why no one drafted Garrett Wilson in any of our leagues until like the 1-9 to 111 range is because you're just scared. You didn't know how the quarterback was going to be, where he was going to be on the rot. Like, for instance, I thought about it. I'm like, crap, I could have had him in three leagues right now and been loving life. But then I asked myself, I was like, but next week it could be garbage again. And until, like you said, they get that quarterback situated out, I don't feel like it's going to change that much. And so maybe it's more of an off-season move where you go acquire um, an Elijah Moore or a Garrett Wilson or, you know, name this receiver on a crappy offense like DJ Moore for crying out loud. Because um, if they're in that chance to get a quarterback upgrade, you know, high, high tide raises all ships. It's the same thing. If better quarterback talent comes in, every receiving um, option gets better. Um, I have another one. Once again, dynasty focused podcast, but this one has a lot of implications everywhere. Um, Kyle Pitts. What do you do with young Kyle Pitts? He has had two receptions for what is it? 19 yards in two consecutive games. That's not going to cut it, captain. It's just not going to do it, especially in redraft. I know you had to draft him in the third round in dynasty. He was an early first round pick. What do you do? Like, is there any measure of concern? Like, are you considering potentially shopping him? Well, if you've got him, I think you're just going to hold him. Because say you did try to trade him, I don't think you're going to get the value you invested in him or that you're looking for because everybody's going to be down on him, just my opinion. Uh, it's What's important to keep in mind with Kyle Pitts is he is never, which we're only, we're only two games into his second season, so let's keep this in perspective. Um, going back to last year, he was being taken as a top five tight end, and myself and several people were saying that in order for him to hit that mark, he would have to be the best tight end rookie tight end ever. And traditionally you don't want to have to, you don't have to project that for somebody. And of course he had a great year last year, but didn't hit the projections. Mm -hmm. I think he's an immense talent. I think that his future is bright. And for that reason, you've got to hold him and got to keep him. I would not panic at this moment. If you take a bright side, you think, their options are so limited. Perhaps these defenses are keying on him, which is why Drake London is beginning to break out. Um, and now that he is showing himself as a very good receiver, perhaps these defenses shifted to where they're treated more equally. Kyle Pitts gets opportunities. He would be a guy to target in trades if it's me because the talent is just – it's too good for this to continue. It really is. And so you've got to believe that the Falcons see that. You've got to believe that they're telling Mariota that he's got to see that. And – I just can't imagine that this may continue. Now, that might say that he might be closer to a what, tight end five mm -hmm. or six right now as far as a year-to-year -year basis. I'm not talking dynasty. Um, so you may recalibrate that. But uh, in dynasty, if you've got him, there's no way you can trade him because I believe it's coming back to you and you're not going to get the value that you want. At least I don't think you can. If you do, to me, then maybe I'll give you the value you want. Yeah, I'm like, if you do <laughs> trade Kyle Pitts – the thing about it is in tight ends and dynasty are so tricky, just kind of in closing with this first half is it's gross. Um, it's just nasty because outside of Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, who's a tight end that you're genuinely confident that week in, week out, we'll give you six, seven, eight half point PPR points. Honestly, no one, like even George Kittle, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, um, end of list, like Dallas Goddard, people like that. I don't feel confident that on a week-in, week-out basis they can give you that points. But if you do trade Kyle Pitts, you're still asking for a pretty hefty haul, like a Hawkinson and a first-round pick or a second-round pick or something. 
even that's kind of the the floor but like Hawkins Hawkinson in the one I think that's good um in closing for the first half hey Jance here's a fun question for you who has more fantasy points so far Kyle Pitts or David Njoku terrible hasn't he (laughs) I mean the way you phrase it makes me say it has to be Njoku which is amazing because it is David Njoku by 0.1 points that let it sink in Kyle Pitts has been bad, but like you said, I do think brighter days are ahead. Um, stick around for the second half. We're going to preview week three. That still feels weird to say week three. So if you're like me, just reach up, tap, tap, skip forward 30 seconds. We'll catch you in the second half. Bonjour. We made it through the double tap of the 15 second fast forward button. Sorry about you, Taylor ad. Sounds great. I just don't want to listen to it. In love. I mean that in love. Welcome to week three's preview. We will officially start off with the air quotes banger of a game with the Mitchell Trubisky led Pittsburgh Steelers going to play Jacoby Brissett in the fighting Cleveland Browns. Oh boy. I'm excited. Three years ago, this would have been a fun game, but tomorrow or actually tonight when you listen to this, not so much. Um, is there anything particular? Like, is there anyone that you want to talk about? That's going to like stand out, sit him or something like Chase Claypool is even flex worthy and stuff like that. I want to see if Mark Cooper gets the kind of work that he got last week. I mean, going from week one to where he had 17 yards to week two where he had 101 yards on nine receptions mm-hmm. and targets. Um, that's great to see if you're a Mark Cooper owner. So I want to see if that repeats without TJ Watt. I think this Steelers defense is much less formidable. Uh, so that that'd be one of the big ones to watch out for if you're, for me. Yeah, I mean, don't start Jacoby Brissett. I think you could do worse. I, I have to. I have oh, to. you do. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch Trubisky, I think he's a back-end quarterback two starter. I do think a change could be brewing sometime soon-ish if he doesn't get his crap together, a.k.a. He, they play the Jets in week four with a 10-day turnaround. Sounds like it could be a halfway decent time to introduce Kenny Pickett to the starting offense. Um, Najee Harris, this is a redraft question. Are you concerned if he doesn't put up double-digit fantasy points um, I know he has 9.6 and 11.4 in our half-point PPR league. If he doesn't show something or, like, give some bursts, are you officially, like, red flags of Blaren? If I'd go that far, but it'd be another notch in the belt towards that perspective. I mean, for me, which I tend to have the longer-lasting side of things when it comes to Dynasty, to where, if anything, I'm behind everyone else to where I give people too much time. Yeah. It's just kind of the way I end up going Dynasty con- uh, context. Um, but this should be a game that he should produce. Despite what we expected, this Cleveland defense has not been good, mm-hmm. and they've played two bad what we what we believe are two bad offenses, and they've made them look formidable in Carolina and especially the Jets. So, I think there's an opportunity that Najee should have a good game here. If he doesn't, let's say he goes, let's say he goes 17 carries for. 68 yards and he gets four catches for 28. I mean, he's going to be right at that 10 threshold, but that's not what you're looking for. Yeah. And so if he can get it in this matchup, then you might have to really start recalibrating and saying, Hey, certainly for this year, he's closer to a mid, mid to low RB2. Yeah. No, I mean, that's kind of what you got to look at. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, obviously you're starting Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I think he is flex worthy. Um, Deontay Johnson's the only wide receiver that I want to play from the Steelers and Pat Frymuth is an every week must until proven otherwise because he's a tight end with a pulse. David Njoku, even you could do worse. I wouldn't play him. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to play him in a couple weeks. But I mean, you know, 
like I said, he's got a pulse and he might catch a ball. Uh, moving on to New Orleans, traveling to Carolina. Um, talking about two fantastic offenses. Wink, wink. They sucked. Um, James Winston and his four fractures in his back. Are you playing him against the Panthers next week? I have to. No. Last week was, was not what you wanted to see. We know he's not healthy. He played like he wasn't healthy. If I have really any other options, I'm getting away from Jameis. Justin Fields, single quarterback. Are you starting Justin Fields over Jameis? Oh, who are the Bears <laughs> playing again? They're playing. The Bears are playing the Texans. Yeah, probably. Just on the chance that he might get a rushing touchdown. <laughs> and we'll talk about the game that, that, that game next. Uh, Baker Mayfield, James, like, okay, once again, I'm just going to say it. If it's a quarterback with a pulse, that's I will still include Joe Flacco and Jacoby Brissett. You probably shouldn't play him, but Joe Flacco is making me change my mind. Um, if it's a two-quarterback Superflex League, once again, if it's a quarterback with a pulse and you have to, you're playing him, especially if you have the Trey Lance injury, and that includes Cooper Rush, okay? Um, Alvin Kamara, yes, if he plays, you're playing him. Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Um, Michael Thomas, do you think he continues his hot streak, or do you think this is where his touchdowns kind of – meets reality because he has three touchdowns in two games and all of them have been in like the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I like his usage. Now, if we, that's the tough part here is New Orleans is not short for weapons, but if we really believe quarterback play is going to continue, like at least for the short term with Jameis's injury, the ceiling's going to be kept on some of these guys. Now one guy might hit, it's going to be tough to pick who it's going to be. I would, I mean, you're not going to get away from Michael Thomas. If you've got him, you're going to start him, whether yeah. it's your flex, your wide receiver three. But your expectations for me in this game against the Carolina secondary that is actually done pretty decent, I'd have him closer to low-end wide receiver two kind of value for me this week. Yeah, definitely. And Chris Olave is a flex guy. Jarvis Landry's desperation only. I mean, we, you and I had high hopes for him last week. Yeah, we talked about Didn't it. Didn't pan out. But, I mean, I think the four fractured uh, vertebrae kind of comes into play. I just kind of want to make that his nickname. That, or that's a good band name, four fractured vertebrae. <laughs> I could, could do worse. <laughs> DJ Moore, you're playing him. Robbie Anderson, unfortunately, he keeps getting looked at, so he is a flex option. I know last week he had, had three receptions on five targets and a fumble. He's getting targets, and this ball is going to have to go somewhere. Uh, my money would still be DJ Moore if Matt Rule gets his head out of his butt. Um, I wouldn't really start, start either DST. Do you even glance at them as a top 12 unit potentially? I actually don't mind the Saints DST. I'm, I believe I'm starting them in one league. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game, frankly. I don't know what the what the total points is. Um, that I, this, the, we know the Saints' defense is good. They impressed me last week, despite the fact they are playing the Buccaneers with a depleted secondary. They have looked mm-hmm. good the first two weeks. I don't think Carolina is a great offense, so I think they're worth. A, I think they're worth a play uh, at DST. Oh, let me see here. Where is this game? What game are we talking about again? <laughs> Carolina, oh, New Orleans, Carolina. There it is. Click. So far, the over-under is combined to 40 and a half. They have the Saints favored by that's even lower. Points. That's even lower than that Packers-Bucks game we talked about. So even Vegas thinks. <laughs> Vegas is saying that this run. is going to be very low-scoring game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of probably a low-scoring game, Houston going to Chicago. Man, that field looked great when it was getting squeegeed. Uh Quarterbacks, they are what they are. Do you think Justin Fields has a chance to actually throw like you know 15 passes? It's gonna be competitive. It's gonna be competitive. <laughs> I don't know. It was so scary last week because you could really see the blueprint 
the blueprint at work here against Green Bay that he threw the ball. Not only lost, but he threw 11 passes, and the Bears were relatively effective on the ground, and that's just what they did the whole mm-hmm. second half. And, and I he, even when they were the losing. Bears, I could see the Bears doing that in this game and saying, hey, we know we can we can hang with the Texans. Let's just pound this rock 70% of the time, and let's keep Justin Fields up 15 attempts or less. I could see that happen. I can see him standing on the side. Back and said we'd start him over Jameis because his legs are always going to play a factor. There's always a chance. There's the chance. And I, I think I'm, it's funny. Fringe top twenty. They're probably standing on the side like, man, like we need someone who can catch the ball. We need an athletic receiver. Who do we have? Byron Pringle, Valus Jones, who is still injured, by the way. Darnell Mooney, who has looked like he's being mooned constantly because he doesn't get any targets because they throw the ball like twenty-eight times in two games. Yeah, St. Brown. Yeah, I could, listen, Equinami St. Brown. Yeah, there, there you go. Amon Ra's brother, who is now feels sad. Um, Damian Pierce, do you play him this week? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, obviously, with where you probably draft him, you may have other options. Um, but last week had to be encouraging. I mean, he went from the clear number two running back to the clear number one in one week. Now he's still not getting targets, which. Is obviously going to cap his upside, but yeah, I, I could see him being a low wind RB two that you could find a way to put in your roster. Dave Montgomery, I think he's probably close to a top twelve ish running back this week. Probably closer to top fifteen. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can't start a bear pass catcher until you see uh, Justin Fields throw twenty passes at a minimum, twenty five. Um, Brandon Cooks, he was a guy that was almost in our section of patience or panic in the first half. Um, do you play him this week? I mean, last week he had ten targets, only four receptions, but he had a couple of big plays that were called back. I think a touchdown that clanged off of his hands. Um, do you still play him? Brandon Cooks week. He may find his way into some of my, my fans. Lineups. Lineups, yeah. yeah. Um, keep on trucking along, going to Kansas City, traveling to Indianapolis. It's not the Indianapolis Colts. They're like the Indianapolis Foles right now. They're just not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Indianapolis glue. There we go. Um, uh, let's stay on this for one for one second. Let <laughs> how is this how is this general man this this front office for the Colts looking at this? Matt Ryan <laughs> first two weeks, no injuries, but this has not been good. Carson Wentz, Commanders one of one, yeah, looking pretty good. I mean, this does not. Carson look threw for three hundred yards last week. They're looking at each other like guys. Uh, we well, done messed up. You've never. You've never seen – I haven't, rarely. Have I ever seen a professional organization that just threw one man under the bus? Because it was like <laughs> – it was all Carson Wentz. Like, he wasn't – he wasn't the quarterback we needed. And we had to get him out of here. I'm like, it seems like a nice is. guy. What did he do to you? Let's say, did he like pee your Cheerios or something? Dear God. Uh, by the way – The team was terrible against Jacksonville. Oh, it was just <laughs> across the board. And I, but, I'm talking about week seven – week 18 of last year. This is twice. <laughs> the past two games, they've been bad. Um, by the way, the over-under for the Texans and Bears game is a whopping 40 points. The Bears are basically two-point home favorites, and that's it. Um, Kansas City going to Indianapolis to play the preemptive glue. Um, do you play Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week with any sort of confidence? Because he's had, like, what, 10 touches a game, and he's just kind of lucked out with either you know receiving work or a rushing touchdown or, like, yeah. two receiving touchdowns. I think you can because it, it's such a weird thing because this is the opposite of, of Najee Harris, um, that he's getting so few touches. I think he's totaled, what, he's totaled roughly 10, 10 to 12 touches these first two weeks, which is nothing. But with the way this offense is sans 
Tyreek Hill, there's so many more options coming in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And he's getting opportunity in the passing game, and the key for him is efficiency. Now, I don't think he's going to be what he has been. But, yeah, I think I would fire him up as a as a mid to low end running back, too. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are going to have a hard time scoring in this game. Ooh. So there's going to be points to be had. And when you look at the options that aren't Travis Kelsey, he's got about as good an opportunity as him on the offense to get in the end zone. It's a valid point. Right now the um, over-under is 50 in this game, and the Kansas City Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, that's kind of a high line. I kind of- that line. I mean, it kind of surprised me that the point total. Yeah, I agree. That kind of surprised me that 50 is the point total. Um, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, I still personally say you can't start a wide receiver from Kansas City with any confidence. They are boom bust flexes at best. Yeah, if you're going to, it's if you're going to, it's going to be Juju. Even that's tough. Yeah, it's like even saying that, I feel like there's always an argument for anyone else as well. It's like, yeah, but MVS had seven targets last week. He only had two catches though. Um, anyways, Michael Pittman's only Colt receiver you're looking at starting if he plays. If he does not play, I personally would just say stay away. <clears throat> it's not worth your time. DST. <laughs> DST. Look into it. Yeah. I really should. That's right. Eat it. I got the Eagles defense in front of you in not one, but two leagues. Okay. I had the Chiefs yes. as my backup in a couple of those leagues, and I think I got them. In, in both leagues, by the way. <laughs> I got them yeah, both. So that's okay. I got the Chiefs <laughs> as a top five DST. Travis Kelsey is uh, obviously an auto star. You don't touch the Colts tight end situation. Um, I think this might be the game of the week that I'm really wanting to watch. Um, Buffalo traveling to Miami. Josh Allen's current projected point total is 26.2 in our OG scoring. That's a crap ton. Um, Do you think Tua does enough to keep up? Like, is he worth a start this week in two quarterback leagues? Like, as a top 12-ish guy, I'll say that. Well, Tua at this point has broken into the quarterback one tier conversation, in my opinion. I know that's a lot to say after one week, but we saw quite a lot last week. I mean, we see what this offense can do with the playmakers, and there's so much that can be done with yards after catch. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes life easy as a quarterback. That how many times did as somebody that watched the game did we see just a quick slant or something that <laughs> turns into a 15 yard gain? And that makes his life so much easier. So, yeah, I think you certainly fire him up, and I think he's in that 12 to 10 quarterback range right now. For instance, help me settle a decision, because I've been waffling uh, real quick. Carson Wentz or Tua, I've been bouncing back and forth with my starting lineup in uh, I think it's Stranger Danger. I'm on Commanders edge. Are playing the Vikings. Commanders are playing the Eagles. The, are they playing the Eagles? Yeah, they're playing the Eagles yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, I think I would take two. Uh, that, that's exactly what I did. It's I think I'm gonna put two I because Tyreek and Jalen. Weird as it sounds, this floor to me should be better because I think the Bills are gonna put up points, gonna put up a ton of them. It's gonna be a boat race, and he's gonna have an opportunity now. Carson Wentz is gonna have the same opportunity because their defense is garbage, and the Eagles are gonna put up a lot of points. I just think that two is going to be able to have a lower floor because I'm going to trust him to protect the ball despite the fact of how awesome Carson Wentz has been. He has been throwing a few interceptions here and there. Uh, currently, the over-under is 52 for this game. And kind of surprisingly to me, Buffalo's a six-point favorite. I know they've looked really, really good. But I think like if you're a betting person, you can. I would definitely take Miami with the points because I feel like this might be a little bit of a trap. But anyways, I'm just a Dolphins fan. 
Um, question: Would you rather start? To, to, oh, crap! Would you rather start Devin Singletary or Chase Edmonds this week? Throw Raheem Mostert into that conversation. Oh, Raheem Mostert he was the running back to have last week. None starting none of them. And not it's all <laughs> right. reality. Is it? Not, seriously, none of these guys get above RB three status. I don't even know if they make it to flex unless you're in a tough spot because none of them have shown you anything. And I, even on the Dolphin side, Raheem Mostert looked good in his time play. Chase Edmonds, when he's gotten his touches, has been efficient. But if you're going to split the touches like they've have the last couple of weeks, it really goes into what the Bills have done for years. Mm-hmm. Um, that neither of these teams are giving running backs valuable touches. Um, so get away from all of them. And I'm going to go ahead and give myself a vote of confidence. I'm going to start Tua because they can't run the ball, which means they're going to have to throw the ball, which means Tua really could hit like 40 pass attempts this week again. So if you're in that predicament, you can blame me for it, whatever, do whatever you want. I probably won't care because I mean, I do what I want. Um, if you have a pass catcher in this game, you're playing them. That's Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, even Isaiah McKenzie. I think he would be, you could do worse as a flex option. Um, the tight ends, Dawson Knox, Mike Jacecki, are you even glancing at them or is it just still like hands off or you're just praying to God for a touchdown? They fall perfectly into the touchdown or bust guys, which is about 20 of them. So take your pick if you want to <laughs> just pray for a touchdown. And the defenses, just because I feel like this could be a shootout, just it ain't worth it, boss. Uh, moving on to Detroit traveling to Minnesota, who, like we said, got slapped around by the Eagles the other night. Um, is, there, is there a bounce back for Kirk Cousins coming? Because he's not in prime time anymore, and he's back at home oh, in a dome. I think I think this is a low key, low key fun game to watch. I think there could be a lot of points here. I think this is prime bounce back material for the Vikings. Choices look good. I think there's going to be a lot of players to start here. Uh, right now, the over under for this game as well is fifty two and a half, and the Vikings are actually six point favorites. I think that the previous two games we've talked about are upset specials. I really do because like the lions, they're actually roaring the dolphins. They're squeaking or whatever they do, whenever they do the cool thing they do at SeaWorld. Um, they look, they look good. Um, just kind of be on edge with that. Deandre Swift. Is he finally back to health with his ankle or, I mean, you're playing him regardless, but do you think he gets, you know, 12, 15 touches? Cause last week he was only able to muster five rushes and two receptions. You're going to want to keep your ear to the ground to hear how these reports do if he see if he's limited on Thursday, Friday, if he's full participant. But you made the point. He's he's so explosive and so effective. If he's starting, you can't you him. hit him because of that, that potential for a big game. You just can't miss out. You got to play him. And you and I both think Dalvin has a better week this week. Um, obviously, you're starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting um, Amon Ross St. Brown, who, by the way, is scorching the earth. My God. He's the guy that I missed out on. I really thought that with their injuries last year that it was more – not that he wasn't talented, but obviously that it was more due to just his target share, but that has not been the case. He I was talented. not anticipating 24 targets with 17 receptions for 180 yards, three touchdowns. Just, my Good God. question real quickly. Two former USC players, do you yeah, – we'll say Dynasty. In Dynasty, would you rather have Michael Pittman? Would you rather have Amon Ra? Oh, my soul. She aches because both of those are my love children. Um, This might just be heat of the moment, but I would probably lean Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Oh. 
Michael Pitt, like it, it's not an easy decision. They're both going to be back to back. But the way I look at it is, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is on an offense that is building up and is, the trend is northward. Even if it's Jared Goff as his quarterback, he's been the quarterback the whole time and he's been exploding. Um, and you brought it up in the last time you were on the podcast with us that who's going to be the quarterback in even next year for Michael Pittman? Well, I still think Matt Ryan's better than what he has shown. And I think. <laughs> I think that Jared Goff has a better chance to stay the quarterback. And if Jared Goff continues to stick around and be a productive quarterback, why would the Lions change? Because apparently it's working. I mean, they're one and one, but they really, in all honesty, could be two and oh if the ball bounced slightly different way against the Eagles. Um, that's a that's a hard question though. I'm assuming you're on the Pity City side. I think I still stick with Pittman. Not just be, not because I haven't seen what Amon Ra's done. Mm. It's just that Michael Pittman, I was on board with as a top 12 dynasty receiver. And and he's only played one game, but he has done nothing to change that. I just want to see this repeat a few more times from Amon Rob for me to buy in. But if this continues for another two weeks, then that'll make my decision pretty easy. I mean, but what about the fact that it was happening last year in the final like six games when he was went scorched earth policy and led me to an empire championship? That's right, Taylor. Eat your heart out. Sure, he was productive, but he was. This is like eight straight games right now. I'm I'm looking at his points. You're right; he was actually on scorched earth at the end of the year. So you have a point. Like he has double digit targets going all the way back to week 13 of last season. Um, I just I don't know. uh, It's a real question that I'll have to ponder. Yeah, no, Keytrade Cut has him back to back, so they can't help you there either. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Real quickly, because we took took a long time with Amon Ra, but justly because he is the bomb diggity. Do you start Adam Thielen this week? I think he's going to be a lot of points scored, like I mentioned, for that reason. If you're going to start him. Boomer bus flex. I think right? is about as good as you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this secondary is not good. Um, lines, so. I'm, you're starting Hawkinson every week. I don't care. I mean, he's gotten seven targets consecutive weeks. He's getting chances. We'll see what happens. Um, Irv Smith caught a touchdown, could have had another long touchdown. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, moving on to Baltimore, going to New England. Um, Mac Jones kind of resurfaced with some life. Is you have any sort of confidence he might throw for 250 and two, or is he kind of just a guy? I I think there's potential for him to be. I think I feel good about him as my quarterback two and two quarterback. I believe Mm -hmm. now, obviously, he's not going to make the cut for your one, but um, Mm -hmm. we saw how bad this. Baltimore secondary looked last week. I don't know the exact terms of it, but I know they have some injuries in their secondary. Um, and so I think there's going to be opportunities for points or for points to be scored from wide receivers in this game and quarterbacks. So Mac Jones is a good start in two quarterback uh, leagues. J.K. Dobbins got a full practice in this week. I still want to see it once before you yeah, play him. Man. You can't do it. Um, Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson. Sure, pick your poison, whichever one. I personally would try to stay away from both if you can, but if you can't, there's not really a difference yeah, to me right now. This is a scary game, especially for Damian Harris, even after that last game, because I don't. I think the Ravens are going to score a lot of points again. And the second the Patriots fall behind, then Damian Harris is out of the equation. And I don't want any part of that. The, the over-under is 43.5. Baltimore are three-point favorites currently right now. Um, Devin Duvernay is currently projected for more points than Rashad Bateman. I have no clue why. Um, Rashad Bateman's going to be he's the wide receiver one for this team. Um, Devin Duvernay only had two targets last week. Um, yeah, give me Rashad Bateman all the way. Um, obviously, you're starting Mark Andrews, so live La Vida Loca with that. 
um, keep it on trucking because, you know, this beloved for- format that we record on only gives a certain amount of time. Uh, Cincinnati, the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the 1-1 New York Jets. Thought that would be at least switched, but alas, here we are. Um, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, we've, we've done this every week. Do you just keep flexing him as a running back too? Like, yeah, I think that's what you got to do at this point. They haven't really, haven't really shown us anything to, to break out of what we think they are right now. Yeah, because week one was Michael Carter's week. Week two was Brees Hall's week. I know Brees Hall had a touchdown last week, but still, I mean, he got the touchdown. That's the important thing. Uh, Joe Mixon, confident start. He'll be fine. Obviously, you're starting Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, all of them. I know there's hype in the fantasy community as like wide receiver twos right now. For me, I would just say they're flexes. Even Elijah Moore, I'm not ready to give up just yet. Um, if the Bengals are who the Bengals are and they do end up scoring points, the Jets are going to have to try to keep up somehow. So points abound. Um, Tyler Conklin's been kind of sneaky. He's actually had seven targets week one, nine targets week two, which I did not know. Holy crap. Do you play him? Unless I have to, which this is the problem with tight end. We've discussed it. Once you get down below about tight end nine, these dudes are all in the same spot, mm-hmm. and you're just hoping for a touchdown, and that's what he falls into. You check for the highest over-under, and that's yeah, the tight end that you put in there. Um, as of right now, Cincinnati is five-point favorites with the over-under at 45. Um, moving through to the Las Vegas Raiders going to Tennessee Titans. It's kind of a poop bowl. Um, both teams 0-2. Josh Jacobs, upward inflection, confident start. Talk <laughs> about somebody who's, who's going down, in my opinion, is this that he is just a guy that gets no catches and he's not using the red zone. That doesn't mean he can't score touchdowns, but now since they added Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. so much easier just to do him on a speed out than to try and push this up the middle twice with Josh Jacobs. So – uh, he's low. He's 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 low in RB two to me. I mean, you're gonna start him in that way. I don't think you're gonna be able to get away from him if you drafted him. But uh, yeah, low in he, RB two. He, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna get like twelve to fourteen carries. So he's going to give you points, but that's about it. There's not much upside his floor, there. His floor is there. He's never gonna kill you. Yeah, the ceiling's just not there right now. Derrick Henry for me, this is his make or break. If he doesn't show me something of Derrick Henry ask, I would officially yeah, I, be concerned. I like Derrick Henry this week. I, I I hope so. I hope he does well for everyone, unless he's playing me, in which case I hope he sucks. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think, honestly, is the only receiver from this game that I want to start because um, I don't want to start Traylon, don't want to start Robert Brook, Robert Woods. Um, Hunter Renfro had a concussion, still working through the protocol. So it's Devontae Adams and no one else in this game for me. Darren Waller, yes, you play him. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles going to Washington Commanders. I still hate that name, but – my Super Bowl pick of Philadelphia getting there. 2-0. They're looking good. Uh, Miles Sanders. Listen. Miles. He's gotten the work, okay? I think the past couple of years, the past couple of games, he's gotten 30 carries in two games, 176 rushing yards combined, one tutty. I mean, you got to keep playing him, right? And I'm not just disillusioned. Yeah, no. His, his stock is up from where you drafted him. I mean, he was going around running back 30. For me, I know this is going to be lower than what you have him. I have him about my running back 20, 19, probably somewhere in there. How so he's going to make, he's going to be your running back too. How dare you disparage his name? I know I've said that a lot today, but I mean, come on, dude. What more do you want? 
uh, last well, game, well, even Kenny uh, Gainwell had a pass I, I, bounce I off his hands. I know we don't have time to get into this. My 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 problem with Miles Sanders' upside remains the same from the standpoint of he's not catching passes, uh, he's not getting targets, and even when they get the red zone, he's not a high priority. I mean, even going back to the Lions game, they had four rushing touchdowns. True, he only scored one of them. Hey, the primary running back got one touchdown because they don't have one primary guy. That's one more so than the last season. Between the twenty, that's one more than last season. That's all I can say. So that's uh, my concern is. Sanders' floor is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's going to have some good weeks. When he, when he scores, he's going to be very good for you. I just think he caps out at probably six, seven touchdowns max this year. The thing seven that gets max. me excited is that he's on a good offense. Good offenses yield red zone yep. opportunities, and if he's there, he's there. Um, plus, just for kicks and giggles, his redraft ADP, according to NFC ADP, which is a co- coagulation of high draft stakes, was the eight, eight. eighth-round draft pick is currently looking well. Just saying. Yeah, no, he's uh, looking. He's looking good. Antonio Gibson. I still think you play him. I mean, what else you got to do? I mean, he's he's a player that's going to either be a top twelve running back or probably barely running back too. Um, wide receivers: AJ Brown, yes. Uh, Devonta Smith, I think yes as a flex guy. Um, with the Washington Smith Commanders, yeah, with the Commanders, who is your favorite re- um, receiver? Stay McLaurin. I know Curtis Samuel's getting the targets. He's getting the yardage. Dotson's getting the Still touchdowns. Corn's the best receiver in this, mm-hmm. but it's getting messy. It's getting very messy. Uh, the Eagles. I mean, even looking Logan Thomas is is a viable option here. I mean, you have yeah. four targets between Dotson, Samuel, and McLaurin and Thomas. They're all getting targets, all getting yards. Uh, that game's so, over under is forty seven in Philadelphia's six and a half point favorites. Rolling into Jacksonville, going to Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I'm pretty much, honestly, I'm okay with starting just about everybody in this game. It feels kind of weird to say. Uh, if Keenan Allen plays, game. he's in. Christian Kirk, stay in the flames. Even Zay Jones, I think, is a decent flex guy if you need it. Um, even the tight ends, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett. Like, I think this is a game where a lot of fantasy eyes are going to be watching because everybody will have a chance. I would lean towards saying that the Chargers should win this game pretty handily um, just because I think if Justin Herbert is any semblance of okay – they're going to absolutely feast just because it's Justin Herbert. And I can't get over that one frozen rope pass after he like limped his way to the side. Just couldn't have handed it off better. Um, that over under is 47. The chargers are currently seven and a half or seven point favorites. Do you have a per- preference real quick between James Robinson, Travis Etienne, or is it just James Robinson right now? All James Robinson for me, I think you've got to be concerned if you're Etienne. It's, it's not that he's not talented or not viable, but nine carries, three targets, three. He's got to have more than three targets. If you're mm. going to be in on 18, he's got to get more than three targets. And he's got four and three. That number's got to go up before you yeah. start, in my opinion. Any confidence um, at least. And then Austin Eckler, I do think this is a game. I think this is his get right game. I think he'll be all right. Um, going to the Rams, traveling to Arizona, where they kind of lucked out with a win last week. Who's your favorite Rams running back this upcoming week? <laughs> And why is it going to be inevitably wrong? Because nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, uh, until we get more clear in the situation, I would try to get away from both of them if you can. Now, the, your one saving grace, this Arizona defense, not it's good. Up. Yeah. Right, it's not very good. So there's opportunity to be had, but there's just no way of knowing right now, and that's the problem. Uh, pay attention to James Conner's practice reports as the week goes. He had an ankle injury. They said he could have played, but – it is what it is. Pick up a backup. If they do play, I think Daryl Williams is the guy that you want to play. Um, I don't think either of them is necessarily going to be a smash play. So just 
do that in times of desperation. Um, Allen Robinson, do you trot him out there real quick? Wide receiver three, your flex, I would, but it's you were hoping last week was going to be his get right game, and he kind of did because he got a he got a touchdown and well, like forty five yards, forty eight mm-hmm. yards, but that's still not what you're looking for. Painful question: Allen Robinson or Greg Dortch? <laughs> I'll take Allen Robinson just because. Arizona secondary wants it. it they, they're but, actually pretty good against number one receivers. They're good against number one receivers, but not two. So maybe the, Allen Robinson. Can get that it. gap between those two is much smaller than you'd want it to be. No, um, the fact that we had to ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> and it's viable. It wasn't just like one of those way out there's. Um, Marquise Brown, you play him. Um, Tyler Higby, Zach Ertz, you play them too. One thing in this game has a lot of fantasy assets in it. Um, just keep your eyes on it. The over-under is currently 48.5 with the Rams being 3.5-point favorites. Um, Atlanta versus Seattle. I really think Atlanta should probably squeak out a win here because they look better than the Seahawks, and the Seahawks accidentally won a game against the Broncos because their head coach is an idiot. Yeah, let's kick a 63-yard field goal. No, we got it, guys. Three timeouts, a minute left. No, we're fine. We're fine. We don't need it. Um, Cordero Patterson, yay or nay? I think I'll probably share him as, as a low-end RB2. I know last week wasn't great, but that's not the kind of run defense you traditionally want to go up against. He's still got 10 carries. So I'd still fire him up as a low-end RB2. Do you start uh, either the of the Seahawks, Seahawks guys? Yeah. The Seahawks situation has already gotten pretty murky. Uh, last week, it was, now they were playing from behind, so that made it difficult. But uh, if you can afford to get away from them, I would try to this week. The over-under on this game is 42, and um, the spread on this is actually even. It's a push, so kind of pick your favorite. Um, everyone's kind of split. Seattle is technically one-and-a-half-point favorites just because they're the home team this time. I just I think it's the Falcons' game to lose, honestly. I think their offense is shown better. Um, with Drake London, you play him. Kyle Pitts, yeah, you play him. You have to. There's no way around it. Um, do you play a pass catcher from Seattle? Whether it be Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, or do you just Metcalf's, Metcalf's going to be in that wide receiver three range? And and the problem with Lockett, I think you have to play him because he's only going to have five boom weeks. But they're whenever they happen, you're going <laughs> to this could be one of them. You never know. You almost have to for that reason. Uh, just for kicks and giggles, who do you think wins this game, Atlanta or Seattle? I want to say Seattle, not because I believe they are somehow a better team. I think the Falcons are maybe better, but playing at home and they're more experienced. I just think Seattle finds a way not to lose it. I think Atlanta probably finds a way to lose it. That was very accurately, accurately termed. Um, so now we're going to move on to the geriatric bowl with uh, green Bay traveling to Tampa Bay. Um, which quarterback has a better game, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? And we'll say Tom Brady has, I mean, Julio, that that's about the only big name guy because Evans is out with a one-game suspension. Don't start him. He will get you zero fantasy points. And Godwin is still limited with a hamstring injury. Actually, he did not practice today. I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be Aaron Rodgers because he actually has two pretty decent patch, pass catchers. Their last names just happen to be Jones and Dylan. I was about to say the running backs, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you 100%. You play Aaron Jones. You play AJ Dylan every week. I said this coming into the off season. Both of these guys are good. You play them every week. You just hope your guy gets the touchdowns. Last week was Aaron Jones's time. Uh, Leonard Fournette, yeah, sure, why not? That offensive line's in shambles, but someone's got to get some carries. Um, pick your favorite receiver from this game. <laughs> Feels Alan gross. Lazard. I think it's Alan Lazard <laughs> just because I know last week wasn't exactly what you're looking for. 
But I think his role was going to be totally red zone. I mean, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to trust him in the red zone. He may have a ton of games where he goes for three for 30 and touchdown. And this might be one of those. Can I say Robert Tunney is my favorite receiver? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of those tight ends that's a touchdown or bust. Um, genuinely, I don't know if I want like have excitement to play any receiver from this game just because it's all gross, even though it's two instant Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Just – just don't do it to yourself because it's going to make your heart ache just a little bit. Um, trying to get my computer to load the over-under for this game. There it is. Three, two, one. Logic. Um, currently, Tampa Bay is one and a half point favorites on the over-under is 42. So kind of closer than we think. Um, San Francisco and Denver. The Jimmy Garoppolo-led 49ers going to Denver with the Russell Wilson-led Broncos. Is it led or like drug? Because it's just, it's just bad. And Jeff Wilson, yeah, you play him because now they're going to be more of a traditional offense. Javante, you play him. Melvin Gordon, sure. He could be a flex option. Could be worse. Like some PPR. Yeah. yeah. Um, if Jerry Judy does not play, can Cortland Sutton crack the top wide receiver seven this week? Yeah. No, I certainly think so. Uh, I know the secondary is not the best one you want to face as wide receiver, but he's already been really good. And with no competition, I think you've got to fire him up as that fringe wide receiver one. You play Debo, you play Brandon Ayuk, just to see what happens, see who's his favorite hey, option. George Kittle, probably back. I'd there you go. Uh, don't start Albert Okubwebunam. It's it's not worth the heartache. Now to the, the favorite game for me. Dallas playing the 2-0, 2-0, New York short people, a.k.a. the Giants. Um, which quarterback has a better game, Cooper Rush or Daniel Jones? <laughs> Those who couldn't see, he rolled his eyes, threw his head back, and said, oh, God. I want to say, oh, man. Cooper, as, as bad as the Cowboys' skill players look this year, it's got to be Cooper Rush, right? Because, I mean, CeeDee Lamb still has got to be the trump card of all these options. I mean, he's way better than anything the Giants have to offer, yep. pass-catching-wise. Uh, Saquon, you play him. Zeke, you play him. Don't care. Tony Pollard, sure, once again, flex. Um Michael Gallup may be back. That Michael Gallup might come back. That changes the game. If Michael Gallup comes back, then you could feel a little bit better about this offense. Yep. You can't start a giant wide receiver, but if you do, it's probably Sterling Shepard. Um, no, Noah Brown. Sterling, Sterling <laughs> Noah Brown is a desperation flex, and um, that's kind of that, that's week three in a nutshell. Uh, sorry we had to cram that last little bit in, but like I said, our beloved platform only gives us <clears throat> so long. Uh, the over-under for the Dallas-New York Giant game, just because I was curious, is – the Giants are favored by one point. Um, the over-under is 39. Gross. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank yeah. God for that Ravens and Dolphins game because there are some clunkers. There are some definite clunkers this week. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF or through our email, um, v.misfit.ff at gmail.com, where we'll answer all of your fantasy football questions. Um, you can find us on any major pl- major podcast platform. Leave a five-star rating review, review chance. Thank you for hopping on, amigo. Yes, sir. Always. Miles Sanders for the win. De facto, but it counts, right? Long season. It counts. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye.